the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast. As always, I am your awesome host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here and even more delighted that you have chosen to listen because this is a show where I speak to a variety of leaders, experts, innovators and game changers to look at ways that we can improve your driving school and potentially make you an even more awesome driving instructor. And today that theme continues because I am joined by Adil Armazi, who is a copywriter primarily, who has made over $900 million in sales for his clients. And Adil is giving us some top tips on how we can put ourselves out there to get the right customers, the people we actually want to work with, along with some other wonderful advice and suggestions as well. But in this episode, Adil actually turns the tables a little bit and he asks me a question that he throws a bit of a curveball my way following on from a post that I did earlier that day. He decided to probe my brain a little bit. So the, the second half of the show is around that side of it, as well as going a little bit of an unexpected deep dive into uh, what our favourite Rocky film is. But uh, there you go. And if you want to let us know what your favourite Rocky film is, then uh, you know where to find me. But just before we dive into the show, I do want to put you all in the direction of Fresh Drivers UK. Now, Fresh Drivers UK are a road safety organisation that is aimed at reducing garage anxiety for new and young drivers, as well as giving people all the information and advice that they need around uh, road safety to do with tyres and other things in that area. I am a big fan of Fresh Drivers UK, in particular the lady behind it, I won't mention just yet, but it's, it's, excuse the pun, but it feels like a very fresh approach. I highly recommend you go and check these out. I was recently asked to take up a role as an ambassador for them. Delighted to do so because I think these guys are, are bringing a bit of a fresh approach to the road safety side of things. So, uh, yeah, go check them out. The best place to find them on Instagram and LinkedIn. Search for Fresh Drivers UK. But for now, let's dive into the show. And today on the Instructor Podcast, I am joined by Adil Amazi. How are we doing, Adil? I'm doing good. I just realized that your actual name is I Am Groot. <laughs> um. My my Zoom etiquette isn't always the best. Oh, it's <laughs> the best to me. You're, you're not you're you're gaining brownie points here like crazy. Like this is a hundred percent a win already for me. So I'm happy. I I aim to please. Um, but no, I'm, I'm delighted to have you on the show today, and we've got all kinds of fun stuff to talk about, including I know you've got something specific you kind of want to ask me about, which is making me slightly apprehensive because the tables are going to be turned. But we'll we'll put a pin in that for now. Uh, and I'm going to ask you the question I ask all my guests when they first come on the show, which is the the tagline for the show, is that I speak to leaders, experts, innovators, and game changers. And I'm just wondering which one or ones of those do you uh, apply to you? Leader, expert, innovator, game changer. Okay, I kind of reluctantly fall into all four of them. I'll explain why. So the leadership thing... I don't put a lot of stock into personally for myself. I'm like, I do not think that I take charge of situations when I need to take charge of them. But if someone else is going to, I will happily it's like you go lead. You want to go do this. Me, I'm like, oh shit, I need to do this. Okay, fine, I'll go do this. And then Han Solo the whole thing, because you know, reluctant leader is what you do. 
um, wearing a, t- a Star Wars T-shirt, you're going to get a lot of Star Wars references today, um, not intentionally. So that's one with the leadership kind of thing. So I do, I don't consider. So just so you guys know, I don't consider myself any of these four things. This is just feedback that I get from other humans. That I'm like, oh, okay, if you guys keep saying it, then I'm going to believe it. Um, the game change is actually quite a fun one. So do you know uh, if you guys go online and look at any website and you guys see like a thing that you can give away your name and email address for, and there's a te- and there's a testimonial or some text about the author or whatever it is, like hey, this person is amazing, this book changed my life, whatever it was. Putting them on free free pages, like as we call them as the opt-in pages, uh, just to get the name and email address. Um, that was an innovation of mine. That was something I, I put together in 2013, 14, and we saw like a huge bump in people signing up. So it's now become part of the industry, which is re- the marketing industry, which is great. Uh, an expert, I think doing what I've done for the last 21 years has made me a bit of an expert in, in, in my field of advertising and human psychology. And uh, so we've got, what was it? Game changer, leader, expert. What was the last one? Innovator, which I think you applied to the, uh, the email thing. Yeah. Yes, definitely. The other parts is just I've come up with like ways of coming up with how humans communicate and communication languages with different words and etymology and how it changes. So uh, we're going to be covering one of those with the Keanu, Keanu method later. I almost said the Keanu Reeves method, but it's like the Keanu method later. Almost misspoke my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love that. And my two favorite questions on these podcasts are always that one. And then when I ask people for the ultimate driving song at the end, because uh, they get Ooh. the best responses. And I, I like the word expert. I say this quite a lot on the show, but I love the word expert. I'm a fan of that word, but it always seems to divide people. There's a lot of people that rebel against that. Who are you to call yourself an expert type of thing? And others that fully embrace it. But I, I love that response. But mm-hmm. I'm going to dive straight in with this question then, because uh, I kind of messaged you a little bit about this yesterday, and I, it was something I learned, actually. So you have made over $900 million for your clients. You are fast approaching a billion, which when I yeah. say those words, my, my my mind can't comprehend those numbers, by the way. But uh, you have that's what you've done for your clients in, in those 21 years, like you said. So when... I'm presuming you hear this. Um, when you will hear small businesses, i.e. driving schools, that mm-hmm. will use things like copywriting is irrelevant, it doesn't apply to me because I'm a driving instructor or whatever it may be, yeah. how, how would you respond to that? It does apply to you because you have to sell. I just wanted to correct one thing. So while I've been in the industry for 21 years, mostly unconscious because I was like 12 when I started, uh, I went pro 18, so the nearly billion is in the 15-year period point, which is wonderful. I'm not even counting the other stuff because I think the only person I wrote for was my dad. That was ever so often. But um, back to the actual question, which was, if a driving instructor said to me, this doesn't really matter, I'm like, well, do you want customers? Yes, I want customers. Then it matters. <laughs> like that is That is as simply as it is. Um, it's funny because I had a conversation with someone very, very recently about the ideas of the differences of copywriting. And I didn't realize until I was on that show, there are five different variations of what we consider copywriter. There's content writers who have recently in the last six years learned and figured out how to write good emails and sales messages. Then you have the brand people who are like, they do direct line ads and stuff like that. It's like, come to my driving school and then just like have the driving school here at whatever school, whatever it is. It's like a, that's a little bit better than like the original stuff where like a McDonald's ad is more brand based. It's like brand recognition versus 
advertising. Then you have the direct response people, which are, in a nice way they put it, is they grab you by the throat and tell you why you need to use them as a driving instructor. They're like, here's the reason why we have a high pass rate and all this and the other, and here's all the things that we do differently and what we do, and it's all benefit-driven, uh, which is wonderful. And then you have the fourth step, which is the story sellers. And the story sellers is something I was a part of from like nearly 10 years ago, um, where so many people, including myself, were like trying to figure out how to best tell a story that ultimately leads to a sale in a way that's ethical and true, because authentic stories sell way better than fake ones. Long term, short term, they get their asses handed to them. But the thing is, over a long period of time, people like you more and they actually refer business to you and they stay in business longer. Um, which is really nice. And then the fifth level is what we call Grandmaster Cockroach or A-listers. Um, and at that level, what you're doing is essentially, you know, every aspect of advertising there is under the sun. Now, as someone that's a driving instructor, the thing that really matters to you is like level three. Just to get good at writing ads that basically get people to say yes. Because the reality is, why would someone go with you and not someone else? The reason isn't so much to do with your personality, because you can have an absolutely fantastic personality. You need the best teacher in the world. But if no one knows about you, if no one is referring business to you, it doesn't matter. So that's where advertising comes in. That's where copywriting comes in. It basically allows you to differentiate yourself enough from the next person to get the customers coming in so they can go through your driving school. They can pay you. They can get good results. And most importantly, it kind of balances out the universe a little bit, in my opinion. I think the... As an instructor, and I think I speak for a lot of instructors when I say this, it, it never feels like sales. And like that was the first point you made, you need to sell. And it never feels that way. But when you step back and look at it, it is what we're doing. We're selling our services. But I think it doesn't feel that way, which, you know, maybe is where a lot of instructors come unstuck. But I think that if you look at how it applies to us, we've we've got our websites, we've got our social media, we've got blog posts. Maybe not so much with the emails and that side of it. And then there's obviously, you know, the video side of it as well. But yeah. I think that the websites, the social media, the blog posts, they're kind of the key points. And you mentioned um, the story side of it there. That That's something that I'm quite interested in. And, and that's where I've done a little bit dabbling around yeah. coffee before. It's that the story side I find fascinating. And I'm going to uh, give you a quick example. I'd be interested in your thoughts on on this. Please. And this is going back to 2019. Um I'd seen a post from a driving school that said, uh, I can't remember exactly, but it was something along the lines of, if you come for lessons with us, we will not be parked up at the side of the road talking. We will do a one-hour lesson, and you'll be driving for 58 minutes. There'll be no discussion, just driving. And it got a lot of interaction, and it got a lot of engagement, a lot of likes, that kind of stuff. And I can remember reading it and going, as a learner, I, I would never go with that school that I, I i hated that i wasn't criticizing them but i'm thinking from my perspective that's not what i would want i'm going to write the opposite post i'm going to write what i do as an instructor which is we'll do as much driving as is appropriate as you want and if you want to be pulled up at side of the road of 40 minutes discuss everything we've just done and and educating and learning at the side of the road then we go and practice it for 20 minutes great we'll do that and it got equal if not more amount of traction than the other post did and i just found that fascinating that two people are essentially telling two different stories or putting two different things out there so yeah. how important is it do you think to put a try and put across as best you can what you do to get the customer that you want okay i'm gonna touch on one other point before we jump on this yep. one 
the best selling in the world is just having a conversation because it's no pressure. Like, I don't need to convince you to do anything. I just need to have a conversation with you. And if you like me as a person, I said, hey, I fulfill an exact thing that you need to do. You can pay me for it. You're like, great, jobs are good and let's get going. It's as simple as it is. So you guys are selling, but just change the term selling in your head from like, oh, I've got to do stuff. It's more like, I'll just have a conversation with people. That's all you're doing. Just start conversations really easily. Uh, and the second thing is it's about who you're applying that to. Like I can think of someone that would love the 58 minutes of driving. I, I actually know them very, very well. And they're a dear friend of mine because they love behind being, they love being behind the wheel. It's just their thing. They're like, put, they've been learning how to drive since they were young. Uh, when we were 18, they literally got their, their driver's license like three days into being 18 because they'd spent so much time learning how to drive from the time they were 15 and 16. Um, not always legally, but they actually were just doing it because they just wanted to get behind the wheel. They, they actually could because they saved up, they went and got it. Um, I think it was three days is how long it took them for actually to go from their first, he first lesson to being expedited directly to like, yeah, just go get your driver's, uh, driver's license. You already know what you're doing. You've already passed your theory. You just need to just get this now sorted. We don't need 10 lessons. Um, there's a bit of a legend for it. But at the same time, I know people who are so anxious, they can't be on the road for that long. Like they yeah. can only be on the road for short spaces of time because for them, they need to have the back and forth. So you got to know who you want to talk to and be the instructor that just speaks to them. So if you're like the 58 minute person probably attracted all the right people that they were looking for. Whereas you wrote your post and you attracted all the people that you were looking for. Doesn't mean either one is wrong. Just means they're different styles of teaching. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because something I speak about a lot on here uh, is that I never work with anyone that I don't like um, yeah. because I'm stuck in a car with people two hours at a time. I don't want that in my day if I dislike them. That doesn't mean I'm going to love yeah. everything about them. It just means that it's yeah. got to be someone I want to work with. And that filtering starts from me with what I put into the world. So the fact that I in the past have spoke about being an ally to the lgtb plus community the fact that i share stuff around black lives matter the, the fact that i was um doing the following the guidance around covid and stuff like that it meant that if i come across someone that was homophobic for example they're not coming to me because i've already yeah. filled them out because why would they come to someone that's embracing that and one of the things i see a lot in our industry is instructors complaining an awful lot about the people they work with so yeah. is is there any sort of advice you could give us that could help us filter out those people that, that come to us and pre-filter almost yes so this is going to sound really counterintuitive the part i'm going to say because i don't want it to be but i need to speak to everyone here um there is a huge shift more towards liberal values in most businesses. And for some people, that is just not who you are. Not that you have anything wrong with anyone or whatever it is. You're just kind of like, this is not the type of person I just naturally gel with. We have different opposing views and you're human. You're allowed to have your own views. That's all I'm saying. What I'm saying is at that point, don't front as if you're a different bit, like different type of business and don't even mention it. Don't even go into that. I don't work with trans people. I don't work with body blah, blah, whatever it is. No one cares. You know, it's not a huge thing. If you don't do it, just say, like, if someone comes to you for a driving advice, a driving help, 
try and find something you get along with them but if you don't just walk away from it be like actually you know what i have the right person for you it's not me i'll send you along to the right person this makes a great deal for you because you can actually get into um if you're a very conservative person reach across like the aisle so to say and find a very liberal driving instructor so if you get any liberal people come to you you can be like hey listen you can go to that person over there and that's great and they can send you like a commission or they can send you some business back where they've dealt with someone that is not in their liking like hey you should go work with steve steve would get along with you it's just a way of building referrals but let's just take that away from what it is and go with how do you filter people out well talk about what it is that you want to talk about because some people don't care about your politics, your gender, the ideas that you have. They just don't care. They're like, look, you're a driving instructor. I'm here to learn how to drive. That's all I need. You can be okay with that. If that's the type of person you are where you're like, I don't really want to talk about my politics, ideas, or whatever it is. Great. You've got a perfect match made in heaven. You can even make a whole ad about that, which is want to have a driving instructor that literally just sits there and teaches you how to drive and helps you get through your exams so you have a great time. Don't care about my politics, nor do I want to know about yours, but we actually have a great time of just being respectful to one another. Superb. Let's sit, get, let's get on a call and see if we actually are a fit or whatever it is the next process would be. Because the reality is you're filtering out. If you're someone that is on the opposite side, very much like you, um, you could talk about all the stuff that's there. I follow this. I do this. You're basically showing who you are out loud and attracting people to you. If you're the type of person that doesn't naturally do that, then talk about what it is that you do. Don't talk about what your politics are. In fact, as I've just said, you can say what your politics aren't and just say, I don't want to talk about it, but I want to help you. That's it. Here's what my students have said. There's a bunch of ways to actually tell people how good of a driving school you are, uh, how good of an instructor you are without going into personalization of um, ideation. You can have something on there that just says, while I am tolerant of others and who they are and what they do, I absolutely am not tolerant of these types of people. Because again, the the co—I was going to say—the COVID thing really divided a lot of people down the middle. Because there are some people that were that were exempt from wearing masks, like myself, um, which I got a lot of evil eye from. Everyone was like, "Oh, you're not wearing a mask." I was like, "Yeah, because I legally can't, and it's actually bad for my health to wear a mask um, because of like how my respiration has been for the last couple of years." They're like, "Oh, okay, fine, fair enough." But at the same time, I don't hold anyone else to that. Like, if you told me, like, Adel, you can't, I can't be a driving instructor unless you wear a mask. I'm like, well, I can't wear a mask. I'm going to have to find a different driving instructor, but nothing against you. Simple as. It was a fascinating time for me, actually, because I remember, you know, we were, during lockdowns, we weren't allowed to teach. So there was, like, formal period with no lessons. When we came back, I messaged all my students and said, look, I'm wearing a mask. It's stated that we need to wear masks in car. Do you have any mm -hmm. reasons why you can't? I think there were two or three that messaged me back and said, actually, yeah, this. And I'm like, how about you bring a mask to the car, we try, and if it's not working in the first five minutes, don't wear it. And they're all like, yeah, yeah. no problem, let's try that. And yep. I just, I, you said, the, the word you used was conversation. And I hadn't put two and two together until I was saying it then. It's like, that's what it was. It was a conversation. And we came to something that worked for both of us. Perhaps if I'd have had a medical condition, where I wanted that person to wear a mask, I might have had to say, no, you need to wear a mask because of my medical condition. And if you can't, you'll have to go somewhere else, no hard feelings. But it's that conversation that you were talking about, isn't it? Exactly. If you're kind of people, believe it or not, things just work out. They really do. People are way less dickish than you realize. Yeah. They can get they can get very hard. Like the, the way I look at it is most of my friends, 
are extremely out there. I have friends that are very politically conservative. I have friends that are extremely liberal. And I have some of my best friends that spring along the entire spectrum of what it is. I live in the middle, which I know people go, how could you live in the middle? I actually do live in the middle. Because um, my rule is, well, I'm not going to say that, well, actually, the C word. I'm just going to use that one because I know it can offend some people. Don't be a C word, an a-hole, or a dick. And essentially, we'll all get along. Happy times. Great. I won't judge you. You won't judge me. We're all good and well. Everyone each to their own. Where I have a problem is if you start telling me what I need to believe and why, then we have an issue. But other than that, I'm like, nah, as long as no one's getting hurt and everyone's happy, we're fine. I'm the same. I'm also amused by which words you choose to filter out there. <laughs> um, but don't be a dick is generally a model I try and live my life by. Um, but, you know, I even use... That, that kind of stuff to the, the the podcasting stuff as well because and i'm going to use you as the example here when i first got in touch with you about coming on the show and i think i actually said this to you every time we spoke you would ask how i was and the way yeah. you phrased it just on a message seemed genuine and i always try and i i don't always say it because i'm too excited to speak to the person but whenever i say it i try and sound genuine and i remember saying to you this this is just really nice that you're saying that and actually want to know. And yeah. I think it, you you kind of cotton on quite quickly the people that you like. So even if someone goes through that filter and you put on your, your socials or your website, whatever, just by those messages, you can filter them out quite easily in a quickly. lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so this is nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it has 100% to do with human behavior because I actually picked up a lot of what I know about how to write advertising and selling for my dating life. Um, I will give you guys the greatest pickup line of all time. It is the, it's the uncontested champion of conversation. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. It's being genuinely sincere, as you just said, in asking how another human is doing. I mean, seriously, if I'm anywhere, I will, hey, how's your day going? Or, hey, how are you? Just smile at them and genuinely mean it. Because most times people will either give you the, good or fine or but if you're genuine about it they're like you know i'm having a good day but i'm actually feeling a little bit sad about stuff oh what's going on so um, like, that's great how about you i'm good thanks i mean it worked on me i was putting your hands after those first couple of messages so there you go in fact i'm gonna tell a, a, a try and make it brief story because we're probably going to touch back on this a little bit later oh, on but okay. it, it's relevant to what you're saying now which is i think back to last year when my life was a mess and there were there were two people um that that phrased things in a very certain way. One was a chap called Robin Bates, who has been on the show before. I think you you know Robin. Big guy. Yeah. I do. And I was having a chat with him and he said, How are you doing, Terry? And I went, oh, I'm all right. He went, No. How are you doing? And it meant I'm like, oh, he actually wants to know. And it, it just had this brilliant conversation because he asked it twice. And then uh, another chap a bit later on in the year, Dan Meredith, did a similar thing in the... No, I know Dan. Great block. Well, they're both great blocks. Love them both. Um, they had a massive impact on my life. Dan's a former student of mine as well. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Good good guy. Love the guy, by the way. Absolutely very, uh, absolute genius when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, very genuine in asking how people are doing. Yeah. We all live under the Dan tree, I think. Um, so... He um, was, having, was having a phone call, and I said, look, I don't want to talk about my life at the minute, Dan. And he went, no, no, that's fine, mate. How's your life? I'm like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, I kind of told him. But again, it does you good. And even bringing it back to you, uh, and again, we'll touch on this shortly, I think, but the message you sent me today was a really interesting message because you didn't ask 
if we could talk about the thing later. You told me we were going to talk about the thing later. Yeah. And it's taking ownership of those conversations sometimes. And and we can do that on lessons. We can do that in marketing. And we can do it one-on-one. But I'm, I'm going to steer away from that now because there is a, a, a specific question I want to ask you. Damn. I was going to, like, dive right into that. I was like, that's a perfect time to dive in, but we'll keep it later. We'll we'll keep people on edge. I've, I've, believe it or not, there is a very, very loose structure. I'm struggling to, um, there's, there's bullet points and like generally 80, 80% of them get ignored. But either way, um, the, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this in the, I'm going to give you a brief outline of our industry and then ask you a question about it. Because at the minute, there is a massive backlog on driving tests uh, with people waiting yes. six, seven months plus. There's a huge demand for lessons you know, because of the backlog of tests. Uh, there's a lot of despondent students out there. There's a lot of despondent driving instructors out there. Morale is very low. And also there's a lot of students that are taking up private practice because rather than having driving lessons for six months for them out only free, they're spreading them out. Some doing private practice as well. So mm-hmm. if you was a driving instructor at the minute, what sort of things would you be talking about whether you know on sort of social media and blogs and that side of it, because we don't necessarily want to be advertising, if that makes sense. Okay. Because wait, are you guys just way too busy right now, or yes. not at all? Um, most obviously, I'm not speaking for every single instructor, but on on the large, we've got waiting lists that can go on for months. We're getting inquiries daily. Okay. It's a great position to be in. Yeah, there's a great place to be. Uh, there's three solutions. Number one, if you're like, I have way too many people, I don't know what to do here, up your prices. It's a great way of actually passing that on to someone else at that price range. Just raise your prices. The right people who are desperate to work with you will just end up paying you. And I say desperate in like a non-horrible way. It's just like, I really need to work with you. I'm like committed to work with you. Great. That's one way. The second way... Um, which is a little bit more long term is just tell people what's going on, like inform them, guys. There's like a whole thing that's going on. It's crisis right now. We're booked up for months. I know that you you're actually in place, but I can tell you right now, everyone is getting booked up. The best thing that you can do is get get your place reserved now for months down the line. So once we've got everything in place, we can move forward with it. What's actually happening with the driving crisis? Anyway, like what's what's happening there? Why is there such backlog of tests? Oh dear, um, we we're gonna make this two hours short now, just so you're aware. Um, Amazing. The, um, basically, over COVID, because there was the uh, the lockdowns, so there were no driving tests going ahead, so they mm-hmm. everything got put on hold. And then um, when they first brought it back, they cancelled all the tests over lockdowns. So when they first brought tests back, they just opened up on a Monday. And then everyone dived in strand, bought these tests, and there was a massive queue. And it was, you know, like you get the online waiting queue. And there were like 30,000 people in this queue, and you could just see yourself going down. Then you get to like 10,000, there'll be no more tests available. Um, And it's basically not improved since then, to the extent that I had the DVSA, uh, the Driving Vehicle Standards Agency, on my podcast last year in August, Mm -hmm. who assured me the waiting list, the, the waiting time would be down to 10 weeks by February. And it's still at six months, well, between four and six months across the country. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not great. Okay, so under that, because there's, if there's nothing that can be done, let's just say there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. Um, 
under that same thing is you can actually all band together and actually write a very nice letter if you want and actually see what can happen or create a subdivision if that needs to happen. If that doesn't happen, what you do now is literally, as I said, raise your prices and just fill up your calendar for the rest of the year. Like that is the best thing you can do. Get a payment up front so it's actually taken care of and there's a deposit because people later down the year may not have the funds, but right now is the perfect time for them to actually get it. So at that time, they might need uh, your actual help, which is great. Um, there's just a lot of great things that you guys can do, but those are the ones that really just come to mind on how to solve that problem. Like, rarely, if there's an oversaturation problem and there's like just a backlog of stuff, the best you can do is up your prices. So you'll work. If, if it's one of those things like, look, I've got too many people here, up the prices. I don't have enough people right now. Go to someone that has a problem like that and be like, hey, are you overloaded? Can I take a percentage of these off of you? What can we do? How can we make this right? Because the reality is, uh, you're a driving instructor, you know this. I don't think you're going to say no to another driving instructor who is as good that can help out that you're like, you know what? You don't have any work right now. Let me help you out with this. Definitely. Uh, I think just as a, an alternative from me, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, is I think that for Please. social media in particular, I think it's a really good opportunity for us to, to put almost solutions across and very ideas. So, for example, the one I talk about is the way you can look at this. So if you're driving test is three months away you can look at it from the perspective so i'm talking to learner drivers now your perspective could be oh god my driving test three months away or it can be i've got three months to learn you know and what yeah. else can you do in that three months could we do motorway lessons or could you go and do city center driving or multi-story car park driving and you can put other stuff into your package and advertise additional stuff and i think that yeah there's we don't. We, it's a really good opportunity to experiment as well with other things because if something goes wrong, we've still got the uh, the, the custom there. Exactly. Well, that's one way I wasn't thinking about it, but that's a great thing because you can actually package in different things and charge a different price, which is fine. Um, and again, really give them examples of what they can do in ninety days. Like, Look, your driving test is ninety days away. Um, Instead of booking in like a full, okay, you need 10 more lessons, you can just say, look, you're a very good driver. You have these areas. Here's what I would suggest that you do is we meet up once, uh, twice a month. We do twice a month just testing. And then right before you go in for your test, we do like two sessions back to back to make sure that you got everything nailed down. And then you just basically go in why this is going to help you in these reasons and ways. And this is how, how it's proven to be. I mean, you choose the regularity of what they want to do. But like I said, if you have a lot of students and you don't have the time, which is where your time pour in, you might have, that could be a thing. Um, it, it's a great way of actually doing so. And again, going back to like, you can share the load, but also you can um, really space out how you want to have these like special lessons for people as well. They can be a little bit more or they can be a little bit less. Or they can be a package deal, whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, but one other thing that you said about social media that comes to mind is you can literally uh, go on social media and suggest solutions, as you said, but solutions get around how to get around this whole driving backlog thing. Because you never know who's listening or watching. They might be like, that's a great idea. Why didn't I just think of that? And then they run it through. And then say it's theirs with like a million other policies and tiny little niggles here, there, and everywhere. And then eventually they get that. And no one gets credit, but still that. Like it. Um, I want to ask you about two specific things around copy. So the first one, uh, I was listening to um, another couple of podcasts you were on, and you were talking about how you don't like the words learn and teach, use of yes. copy. 
And yeah. I was just wondering, so two-part question, I suppose, um, why? And second part, what alternatives would you use, potentially? I'm going to add in a third question, which is qualifier. There's a qualifying, like, who qualifies for this? I'm going to answer that one first. So learn and teach don't really work with entrepreneurial-type personalities. Like, the ones that are very much like, I like to do my own thing. Because if you look at an entrepreneurial-type personality, we're mostly rebellious little buttholes. We just are. Like, it's just how our brain is geared. It's like, I know what I'm doing because I know what I'm doing. We don't fit inside a cog of a machine. We end up wanting to create the machine or live outside of it. It's kind of our thing. Um, so those words don't work. But the average human, the average person doesn't mind learning and teaching because the environment that you're in is learning and teaching for driving instruction. It kind of comes within the part and package. It's, oh, you're going to a driving school. It's all within the same um, lexicon of words that people are used to. So that's okay. But the reason why I don't like them, and I'll actually go into this because it's very, very, very relevant if you want to try this out. The reason I don't like them is because for about 10 years of my life, I put people through private MRI machines and I read their brain while I was actually going through copy with them. So I'd read copy and look at the brain scan, see what lit up and what didn't. And the words learn and teach routinely, routinely failed the test. Not always, but routinely. It was just like, I think it was like 8 out of 10 times. It was like an 8% of time. It just didn't work. And the reason being is not only is learn and teach factored into you doing things and there's a movement, yada, yada, yada. The other reason is actually to do with schooling. I don't know about you, but I do not want to go back to school. I just did not want to go back. If I had to go back and relive the bullying and all the ridiculousness and the clickiness. And the, to be fair, I'm 33, so like schooling for me wasn't too terrible per se. But the generation after where it's like, okay, there's the social bullying even more like digitally. Back then it was like just the playground and maybe another school. Um, but I don't want to go back to that. So because of that, your brain is unconsciously reaching, subconsciously reaching into the things like, what else was I taught? What else was learning? Well, I was being talked down to because as a teacher and I'm a student and I was learning things which were painful because I didn't like them. This is pain. I need to avoid for a moment. And that's why you'll see some people not take action when everything is correct. It's because of little words like learn and teach. Uh, and alternatives to that uh, are discover, uncover, reveal, um, show, tell, share. These are all like great alternatives to have. No, I like it. It's, it's something that I'd not really considered before. And then when I thought about it, after, I was like, yeah, do you know what? I don't particularly like those words. Um, yeah. so I might so, experiment with that a little bit myself. Yeah, like a little thing that you can just say, what we do differently here is that we show you how to get take control of the vehicle to actually have a command over what you're doing and to just simply have fun. As your instructor, because that's okay, being an instructor is okay, as your instructor, I can help you do this, that, the other. And what you're going to discover is the joy of driving, and you're going to really feel everything that goes through. Like, again, one of the best the trifectas of advertising I like, I, I love that work for this industry, is feel, felt, and found. And you can use case studies. It's like Sheila came to me or like James came to me or Adel came to me and what they were feeling nervous behind they got behind before they first got behind the wheel. They didn't know uh, where the brake was. They couldn't switch gears. They couldn't do anything. They felt so lost. But as they were driving over time, what they felt was a sense of freedom um, and I, a sense of achievement. They actually overcame something and their body, their, their body basically adapted. They, the motor neurons in the brain fired correctly where within weeks, 
they went from having to look at the gearbox when they were shifting gears to just looking at the road and not even worrying about how they were shifting gears. Um, and now what they feel is a sense of accomplishment. Um, and they pat whatever it is, you, you can just really draw this out and you can basically build a whole email or sales letter or like advertisement around that one case study on social media because feel felt found really works and people actually pour over and they actually want to buy from you because now they have an idea of what it is. Well, I must admit when you mentioned the word discovery before, something lit up in my brain. So I think discovery works for me. Um, but it's yeah, interesting when you're saying that's that story about the student, because, um, when as, as instructors are, single biggest marketing tool i believe is the the past pictures you know when someone passes and you've got that picture up there i could just put a picture mm -hmm. above someone so next to my car saying they're past i will get inquiries as a result of that but what i yeah. found is when i put words with that and i actually started doing it uh last year i think it was where it's now a case of so and so's story this is what they mm -hmm. went through this is how i felt this is what they struggled with this is what they achieved that gets a lot more traction, a lot more response. So it's, it's interesting you say that. And we'll be back with more from Adil in just a moment because we're taking a brief pause in the show because this is a point where I usually give a shout out to the latest signups to the Instructor Podcast Premium. However, this week there hasn't been any making, uh, making Terry a very sad boy indeed. So I will take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about what you can find if you decide to enhance your CPD with a subscription to the Instructor Podcast Premium. So first of all, there are over 100 exclusive trainings available for you to listen to and even on occasion watch as well. From everything we've got, standard checks to coaching, to developing your business, to mindfulness, all that kind of cool stuff. And all that is available within the uh, £10 a month tier. However, if you wanted to upgrade and sign up to the interactive tier for £22 a month, you get all that awesome stuff, as well as the opportunity to watch and join in several podcasts being recorded every month, including the most recent one, which is fast becoming one of mine and my premium members' favourite shows, which is the episode dissection. So I pick out a collection of episodes, I let them vote for their favourite, and then we do a deep dive into the the guest and the topic around the episode. And just recently we had the amazing Shabnam Raja join us, and some of my premium members joined and joined in with that show as well, with some lovely feedback on that. And I should just mention that anyone that signs up to either of those tiers on the Instructor Podcast gets some exclusive discounts. Uh, so you'd get a discount with Bob Mort's Client Set of Learning, with Go Roadie, with the Guild of Mindful Drivers, with the ADI PDI Doctor, and with Coaching for Geeks. And if you are considering signing up or you want to find out more, head over to www.theinstructorpodcast.com or use the link in the show notes or drop me a message and I'll happily have a conversation with you. But for now, let's dive back into the show. The second one, and I think the last maybe specific copywriting question, because this is something I struggle to do. I have to consciously make myself do it, but I'm getting better. One sentence paragraphs. Nah, I hop on about this like crazy. <laughs> I will, I'm just going to say that then, let you talk. One sentence paragraphs. Talk to me about one sentence paragraphs. Okay, so... The reason they work is because the human brain can't... Like, okay, if I sent you a three 
sentence paragraph, which is about yay big of text, which is, you know, quite a decent chunk, would you read every word of it? Possibly. <laughs> I think we'll be the answer. Possibly, depending on what it was, but you'd have to read it to find out. So maybe not. Right. Most people can't. Yeah. Their brain just won't do it. Or they'll skim read. Yep. Now, if you have a one-sentence paragraph, you're skim reading, but you're skim reading a lot less information, which means you're retaining more. Because it's it's a complete bite. It's the equivalent of... Um... Actually, this is the best way. This is a new way that I can equate it to. One-sentence paragraphs are like taking small bites of a really big steak or like a really big meal. You're taking small bites versus me saying to you, eat this entire like portion of food in in one sit just very quickly like devour it rather than actually taking your time to to digest everything um and that's basically a big difference so in doing so it also makes you a much better communicator because you're able to say things concisely it's like can you turn a whole three sentence paragraph into a one sentence paragraph yes you can okay here's how you do it done okay i can say that more concisely um because the idea of long form sales copy is People think that you have to write really long copy. No, you have to hit every viable objection or point there is, but be concise in how you answer that because you can really go on a little bit. But this is why I encourage people to finish writing an advertisement, wait a day, and then read it out loud, and they'll see where the natural stops are. They'll see exactly if they're talking too much, if they're actually staying where they need to, and they'll be like, okay, this sounds about good, great. I'll know what to edit out, and then they can actually move on from there. No, I love it. It's um, I'm I'm not a copywriter. I never pretend to be, but I've done a little bit of digging around it, and I like to give myself the little challenges where I'll do that Facebook post. I'm like, that paragraph's quite long. How can I shorten that? Um, yeah, but yeah, it's I like doing it with the, the hooks as well. That first line, I do sometimes think, how can I how can I get people to read this? Or uh, sometimes I'll put a picture of Rocky underneath a certain post, and that makes everyone read it, which is a potentially a lovely little uh, segue into yeah. something that um, I, I think you wanted you. to ask yeah. me about. Yeah. Yeah, I really did. So first of all, can we just like point out, what is the worst Rocky movie, in your opinion? Um, I mean, God, first of all, I, I don't think there is a bad Rocky movie. There is there is one bad Rocky movie. No. Okay, uh, you're talking Rocky Five, aren't you? Of course, everyone knows no, this, but no. I will say this, Rocky Five is the only one that makes me cry. There's one scene in Rocky Five that, five that will always make me cry, but I just, I'm not a fan of the rest of the movie. Um, look, clearly it's not as go good on. as the rest. It's not as good. You've got Rocky 1 and Rocky 2, which you can't give them both sort of 10 out of 10, because Rocky is the best of the lot. So it'd be like one and uh, 10 and 9. Uh, three and four are just classic cheese, 80s type of films. Um, Rocky five, if you maybe say four and five, uh, sorry, three and four are an eight out of 10, and I'd, I'd give Rocky five a seven. And then you've got uh, Rocky Balboa, which is... Was amazing. I, yes, took me by surprise completely. I I think I spent the first 20 minutes of that film thinking I was going to find it atrocious, and then just got completely yeah. absorbed into it. And by the end, oh. I was bawling my eyes out. It's such a good movie. Okay, let's just put it this way. So my order is, I actually have Rocky 3 and 4 above 1 and 2. Like, I love 1 and 2. I grew up I grew up on the Rocky movies. 1 and 2 were amazing. 
but three and four, like especially like Rocky Four with the Russian, easily my favorite. The montage for that was wonderful. Hearts on Fire, are you kidding me? I'm all about that. Then you got Rocky Three, the whole Club of Lang Mr. T thing was wonderful. Rocky Two actually trumps Rocky One for me because Rocky One was really what like Rocky One is a masterpiece. Don't get me wrong, it is a masterpiece. It's very highly regarded in many other areas, but in my list, I put it below two for one simple reason. Two kind of gave me the complete feeling of like this is the redemption arc. You see him really go out there and push himself, it goes to another level. The first one is this is my shot. I'm going to try and make the best of it, which is everyone loves the underdog story. Now, we will say all four of these really hank highly. Like, I'm talking eight, uh, like nine and ten level, all of them. I don't have a rating system for which one goes in the nines and tens. They're just in that pantheon. Five is like a six out of ten for me. Like, it's a real plummet off the cliff. And then Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa was like a, that's a nine. That's a set, that's an 8.5 or a nine for me. Just so well done to actually get Mason the Line Dixon, aka, um, Tavares. Is it Tavares? I can't, uh, Antonio, yeah, Antonio Tavares. Um, to get him to actually, actually do this, to be part of it was wonderful. Like, uh, sorry, not Tavares, Tava, Antonio Tava, the boxer. Um, to get him to be a part of it and actually punch Stallone and he took the punch is never a thing. So we're getting off the point here. The reason I bring this around because I saw that post was simply because you've said something about almost getting back to a hundred percent, getting back to full capability of who you are and what you're able to do. I've been trying, and it's a selfish reason I'm asking. I've been trying to figure out how to do that with myself because I've, you know, I've been coming out of my own thing, you know, even though I am as good as I am, I'm not the best I could be. Like, I know what's above. How did you get back? Like, what were the steps that you took? Um, I need to touch back on your Rocky ranking for a second. Um, the, oh, please go for it. I would never argue with anyone over their Rocky rankings because I, I love all the films. So whatever order you put them in, I'd be happy with. But I will just say, that I think the reason I love Rocky won the most is because the, the exact opposite to you, I think. It's because, and I'm spoiling a film from the 70s when I say this. So if you haven't watched Rocky, take a pause. Um, it's 50 it years win. ago. They were, yes. Yeah. I was going to say it was 50, 50. And again, I, 50. 50 years. Making me feel old. <laughs> um, but yes, he didn't win. And that's why I love it because every film, you know, they always finish with a thing winning. And he won what he needed to win without winning the match, the yeah. match, the fight. And I absolutely adore that. And um, however, Rocky II does give us the uh, the immortal line. So, yeah, yeah. And again, but the other thing as well, I was going to say, it's the, the, it's the exact same reason. It's why I love Rocky one because he doesn't win. But that's why I love Rocky two more because he does finally, it's like you finally made it. You made it over the hill and you see what happened. It's yeah, okay. We're not going to talk anymore about Rock because we can be here for like hours talking about this. But go you, on. Uh, you can come back on season six and we'll finish off on Creed. Um, the the way you that don't I even came get me started. Creed is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, Terry, driving the shorter podcast. Um, the, the the way I came back, the way I dealt with it. So. Oh, I'm, all right. So I'll be brutally honest here for for you and everyone listening. 
uh, people may not know exactly what occurred. So the, the start of last year, so January 2022, I had COVID um, and it affected me for a few months. I was never in hospital or anything like that, but I wasn't. A, I was quite bad for like three or four weeks, and then it affected me. Um, so I couldn't get back to full time work. So obviously, being self employed, losing income. Uh, back to full time work in March. In April, I got sciatica. Never felt pain like it. Never been as crippled. Couldn't work. Couldn't podcast. All that kind of stuff. That eased off around the end of May, early June. In June, uh, I had to say goodbye to my dog, who was also my oh. best mate. And that's the thing that broke me. Um, yeah. In July, my wife asked for a divorce. In September, which was unexpected, by the way, uh, in September, I moved out from my family home to my flat that I'm in now. In October, I turned 40. And in November, my sciatica came back. And that was 2022. And there were there were points in that year where uh, I am going to put a slight trigger one in here. So anyone that you know doesn't want to listen to this talk, you know, please you know feel free to turn off or skip forward. But I was never actually suicidal, but there was many a time when I didn't give a toss. I didn't yeah. care. I don't. I don't think I cared enough to be suicidal. I think that's probably a good way of phrasing it. But I didn't care if I woke up the next day. There were times like that. But the yeah. only thing that I was able to hang on to was the fact that I knew at some point I would care again. I knew that. So I wanted yeah. to look after that, Terry. Because, I, you know, in, in November, I would have happily, I would not have given a toss if my business had gone under, if I'd lost my flat or anything like that. But I knew that, I don't know, February, March, April, whatever, I would care again. So I was not willing to let myself down for when I cared again. Yeah, And it was about, end of February, early March, when I started getting that feeling back of, I want to do this again. And I've never been as grateful or as proud of anything I've done in my life that I managed to keep going. Now, I kept going at the bare minimum. You know, I did what I needed to do to keep everything afloat. Um, my health, physical and mental, the business, bills, did what I needed to do, the absolute bare minimum. I've never been as grateful for that. So when I was going through all that, it was all about looking after future Terry. That's all I cared about. It was the only thing. Where I'm at now, probably around about 80%, 90%. Um, and it's just, I'm thinking of future Terry. At the minute, I have scattered all over this house post-it notes. And the post-it note says, uh, hashtag Terry45, because that's my next significant goal when I'm 45, five years' time. Uh, that's when I'm going to be buying property, that's when I'm going to be in this finance. That's where I've set all my goals for. So everything mm -hmm. is now set towards that. That's my goal. I don't care awesome. about tomorrow. Don't care about today. I'm doing today and tomorrow for that Terry 45. And that's the only way that I've been able to, to get through and the only way I can really get through now without slipping back into those habits. So not does that answer the question you asked? That does. That does massively answer the question. It's actually giving me a huge insight, which is essentially think about you of tomorrow rather than the you of today. Yeah. Because um, that's like, 
that's something that's huge. And just to share, like I'm, as I said, I'm going through something very similar. So I'm looking, I was looking for that exact answer. It was like, how the hell do you get back? Because that's where I feel like I'm slipping. Except I'm not at 80 or 90. I feel like I'm still at 25, 30% of my, of like feeling myself again. Um, yeah. The other thing is, and not everyone can do this. Uh, I appreciate I'm very, very lucky that I was able to do this. But if you've got one or two people in your life that you can just latch on to, and I mentioned two of them before, in particular Robin Bates, um, yeah. I knew that I could, you hear the phrase 3am friend. You've yeah. got someone you can ring up or contact at 3am, and if they need you, they'll they'll help you. Um, yeah. Even though I didn't use him, really, knowing that you've got someone there is, is really helpful. Um, Massively. So for, for, for where you, you are now, uh, like you said, around that 25, 30% mark, yeah. you focus on tomorrow, focus on whatever the, the end dream is, whether we've got that house with the moat around it or, or whatever. Um, and that's the only thing that matters. You're looking after a deal for whatever that period of time is, whatever that goal is. That, that you, you go into complete selfish mode. No one yeah. else, nothing else matters. And by doing that, you'll potentially find that you can actually then accommodate other things and more people and and also accepting that this is really fucking hard sometimes really hard and sometimes you've just got to give yourself a break and accept i need to lie on the sofa today i need to not do work today i need to in my case i need to not be a vegan today you know and Weirdly, when I give myself that break, I then find it fine to do it. So if we use that vegan example, if I ever say to myself, I'm feeling too many restrictions, I'm I'm gonna eat a steak today, I'll go to Astro and walk by a steak because I'm not feeling the yep. restriction. I'll buy something else instead that I enjoy more. Weirdly that, but but yeah, I I don't want to repeat myself too much, but but those those the 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 acceptance that life is hard and sometimes stuff's gonna go wrong. And the, the the finding one thing that works for you to latch onto and just focus on that, and that's the only thing that matters. Um, and having people around you, and look, I'm I'm open. You want to contact me at three in the morning? I mean, to be fair, my phone's off. It's not going to happen. But yeah, it's going to be effort still. <laughs> yeah, contact me. My phone's on. I'll answer. Yeah, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And again, it's one of those things that's really good to have because I do have some of those people in my life, which again, like. Um, yeah, we'll discuss some other stuff off air as well, but that's really, really cool. So we appreciate you uh, taking the time to answer my question on your own show, which I hope will help more people as well. Really? And, and do you know what? The other thing is Rocky. That's what it is. You look at the yeah. story his arc he went through, you're tying it back into your copyright, and you'll, you know, God, this is going to sound patronizing. You'll have heard of the hero's journey. You know, that's that's what Rocky is, and that's where we're potentially at now. Back in September last year, I've never been as low. And I've gone on my own yeah. little hero's journey. And that's Mark. how I that's how I consider my current place. When people go, Whereabouts are you? I'm like, I'm I'm at the part where my hero's just coming out of the deeper part where he's like, I kind of found what I was looking for and I've got to rebuild back up. Yeah. But do it correctly. Because I mean, I also think, and you know, this is something we were gonna to touch on a little bit around the the mindset and the setbacks and the comebacks. I think it's important to look at what you've achieved as well. You know, we started this podcast by talking about the fact you're almost at a billion dollars in sales for your clients. Yeah. You know, just just that stat alone would be enough to 
keep me going. <laughs> you know, like, well, I've done this before. I can make myself a grand. I'm all right. I can take care of my food this month. You know, so I think that's important. But even with yourself, you know, I've heard you speak before about the fact that you've got, um, oh, God, I get the two mixed up, uh, dyslexia. Yes. And yes. also, well, I've got ADHD and autism. So that's my two. But dyslexia. No, I get all. dyslexia and anorexia mixed up, which are two very different things. <laughs> very um, different things. No, I don't have anorexia, yes. thankfully. Um, if you do, but, my, my sympathy. Yes, definitely. Um, but you've you've gone through that and dealt with that to become a copywriter, which is words, you know. Yeah. So you look at the challenges you've overcome already. <laughs> I think that's massive. I think it's important to take a look, step back, and look at the challenges you've already overcome. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. That's uh, something a friend of mine reminded me of. It's very, I'm very grateful you did as well. Was to go back and look at my inventory, as we like to call it. Like, how many wins do you have in your inventory? It's a winventory. Um, game is for life, right? That's basically what we are. But thank you so much for sharing. Uh, and it's great advice, not just for me, but for anyone, really, because I, I 100% endorse that because it's true. What advice would you give? Um, to someone that was struggling, uh, maybe they're a bit down on their their luck and they're looking to get back on their feet and kick on. Okay, uh, I've been there a few times. Um, it's kind of the, the I'll give you guys the basics because it's the one that I'm going back to practice the most. Practice the basics, and by the basics it means: Are you moving? Are you eating? Are you sleeping? If you're doing those three in a good amount, so if you're getting enough sleep at night. You're eating enough of the right food in the day, and you're moving enough. Like go, go walk in a park, go sit by like some form of nature, any kind of nature. You'll feel a lot better. Like you just will. And I know this because I went to a place called Thornton Reservoir on Saturday. I got some really great photos by accident because a friend of mine loves photography. I just sat down and had a chill. I literally sat down for the first time in months. Actually, no months in two months in the UK. That is months. Uh, two months in the UK, and just had a really good day where it was nice and warm and relaxed. Because prior to this, I was in, I was living on an island off the coast of Tanzania called Zanzibar, and basically surrounded by beaches all day long. So I was like, beach warmth to like, oh, it's raining, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real, like the best advice I got given, um, by your advice that you gave me as well was basically look at your inventory uh look at the things that you're doing in your basics are you getting the basics down your food your water your food your water your rest your movement and your nature are you hitting those five areas and if the answer is no well if you're not doing the basics how can you say that anything is going to work so go back to the basics um and exactly just everything you said have a friend that you can talk to journal a little bit i would actually go a little bit esoteric here and tell you guys just start gratitude journal like on your phone literally every day just have a note on your phone just called gratitude list and every day just up, update it with five new things like it could be the same thing that you write for 15 days in a row doesn't matter but like just go ahead and keep adding to it and i guarantee you you'll see a result you'll see a change i mean i'm living proof of that um of what it is and sometimes life will invariably kick you in the balls. Just always remember that will sometimes happen, and it's okay to feel sad. But so like you said, take time off. Sometimes you need a, game, a day where you just sit on your bed or sit, in, or sit on the sofa and just watch movies and play games and do nothing else all day long. Yeah. Uh, wholeheartedly agree. So just before we move on to the last couple of questions, is there anything else you'd like to cover today, do you think, on this podcast? 
Oh, I'm all yours, buddy. So ask me, wait, anything. We're all Great. Good. Well, let, let's finish then with the ultimate driving song. So I've got a Spotify playlist for, uh, well, the Instructor Podcast Spotify playlist. So what song uh-huh. would you like to add? Okay. The Eagles, Hotel California, if that's not on the list, that's a list, that's a song for the list. That I'm going to give you guys two because there's, it, there's one that has lyrics and one that doesn't. Um, the one that doesn't is Eclipse by um, Oko. So Eclipse by Sam, Cisco, and Oko, OKO. Um, those two songs. Very different. One's got lyrics. The other one is a very chilled out song. Um, but they're really good for driving in. Awesome. Well, uh, Hotel California isn't in there. Uh, I got annoyed the other week because nobody had put on um, uh, Wayward Sun, Carry On Wayward Sun by Kansas yet, so I just put it on myself. Like, I'm not that waiting long enough. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, I'm surprised Hotel California didn't make that list already because like, that right there would be like that's my first go-to song. I mean, I have other ones. Again, it all comes... I'm going to waffle for a second. It all comes down to how you're driving. If you're having one of those days like, I want to be a little bit of a racer, I just want to put my foot down, I'm going Wiz Khalifa Black and Yellow all day. Like, that song is going to come on, and I'm going. Well, I must admit, after today's conversation, I may add Eye of the Tiger and Flying High now. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, yes. do you just want to tell all my listeners where they can find you, and if they've got any, if you've got any products or any services that they may find useful or beneficial? Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm actually releasing an insight. Like, so the big thing is I'm currently building and releasing my encyclopedia of copy, which is basically everything I know about every form of advertisement under the sun. So you can essentially, you don't have. So it's split into two parts. One is the teaching element, which is where I'll be like, and the psychology behind this and blah, 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 and this is why it works and yada, yada, yada. Then there's the other side, which is here's a two minute video that tells you exactly what you need to do on how to write a good headline. Here's how you come up with a good story. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do this. This is how you write emails. This is why this works. And just shows you what to do with an example for you to copy and paste over. So that's still in the works right now. That's going to be uh, a yearly two grand thing that I'm doing because you get a lot of access as well to like the products, but you also get access to me and all the updates. Um, that's one. If you're into that, message me. Where you can find me, Instagram is at Adelamarcy. It's the best way to find me because my Facebook is full and my Instagram is easiest to find me on because I do respond. The third is go to greatestcopywriteralive.com. Yes, I will claim that, though technically that is more about you guys than it is about me because it's me sharing my knowledge with you guys. Um, and what I will be doing, please subscribe to that blog because there's a whole thing that I have on there on how to uh, find your core story and how to use your core story to essentially get people to uh, want to work with you in full form. So if you're a driving instructor, why did you become one? What really got you there? How do you like helping students? And it just builds up a really good content plan for you. Uh, and the other reason to subscribe to the website, besides the fact that I'm going to be writing some kick-ass emails because we didn't even cover the Keanu method today, surprisingly. There's a video on the Keanu method on the site, greatcopywriterlife.com. You guys can go check it out. I apologize for the dude shouting in the background. You'll get what I mean when you watch the video. And I swear to God, I think he did it just because I was recording. As soon as I finished recording, he stopped doing it. It was like really annoying. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but on the website, what you're going to see is services and products. Those aren't built out yet, but I'm going to eventually be building out uh, bundles of my encyclopedias. So instead of paying two grand a year, you can pay like a smaller price smaller fee for other things that you just might need um or just reach out to me and say hello because i love talking to people 
And if you're a driving instructor in the round the Midlands, definitely hit me up. I may have some people for you. Well, there you go. Um, I will just say that when I watched the video, I did for a second think it may have been me in the background because there was a time last year when I did that. But then I realized it wasn't the same player, so it wasn't me. But that would have been a story. No, that, that would have been quite funny. It's like, hang on, this is like, no, some guy in the background was just yelling. He was just off the cliffs in Dar es Salaam where I'm doing this video. This yeah. asshole of a human being just like, what? It's like, what are you doing? Well, as always, I will put those links in the show notes and uh, they will be there in the transcription blog when I eventually get around to getting caught up with those. Uh, but for now, I'm just left to say thank you for joining us today. It's been, uh, been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Harry. And uh, hope you guys got a lot of fun out of this too. So a big thank you to Adil there. Uh, really, again, really enjoyed that conversation. His uh, his insights on copywriting and, and side of the the business marketing side of it were were fascinating for me. And I'm I'm sure if you in, listen to the episode in Phil, you've got a lot from it as well. But the the good news is Adil has actually agreed to come back and do a special live Q&A with my premium members. He, he actually suggested that himself. So looking forward to setting that up to, uh, to give my lovely premium members a chance to pick Adil's brains. And when he comes back, he'll actually have made uh, over a billion in, in sales for his customers, which, as I said in the show, I can't comprehend those numbers. But I am going to tell you a little bit about what's coming up on the Instructor Podcast so we are running through for the rest of June and potentially just into July. We've got some road shows coming up around road safety and the stands check and you know a couple of awesome ones as well. But we've got some different things coming up too. So in August, I am hosting a Meganar, which is free for all driving instructors to attend and watch online. It's going to be over three hours with nine different speakers covering a host of topics from, from very specific instructor stuff to maybe some things that you'll consider around the peripherals of our industry. But uh, anyone is going to be welcome to sign up to that and make sure you are following me on social media to keep updated with the dates and the speakers I had announced them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, that is a Meganar, not a webinar, a Meganar uh, being available in August. In September, I am taking the Instructor Podcast on the road again. We have been to Coventry for the expo. We have been to Kempton for the conference. And now we are working our way around the UK with a variety of different local associations. So if you would like the Instructor Podcast to come and record live at one of your local associations and drop me a message and we may be able to arrange that in the future. And the last thing I want to mention around that is what's coming up on the expert sessions. So we have got for the rest of the year, expert sessions plan with Dave Shannon talking about tax for driving instructors and what we can and can't claim for. We're going to be talking to Ray Seagrave about building rapport and why it's so important. Neil Whiteman is going to be talking to us about safeguarding. And Phil Cowley is going to be giving us some top questioning techniques that we can use on driving lessons. And if you would like to sign up for the Instructor Podcast Premium, make sure you're heading to www.theinstructorpodcast.com. But for now, I'm just going to say thank you for listening today. I really do appreciate it, especially if you listened all the way to the end because you are my favorite. And remember, if you're not enjoying your lessons, you're doing them wrong. 
the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.